This is the 415ers podcast brought to you by the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network. Please download, rate, subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. We appreciate all the support throughout our first regular season doing the podcast. Now into our first off season, uh, covering all things San Francisco 49ers. And of course, I, I know we're all talking about the quarterbacks and the announcement about the surgeries, but the Niners actually did make a hire this week, Mark. And I know we talked about potential defensive coordinators last week and on Monday's episode, but they hire Steve Wilkes, formerly of the Carolina Panthers. Of course, he took over as the interim there. Once Matt Rule was fired, he was, I think, largely responsible for their turnaround and near nearly making the playoffs in a putrid uh, NFC South. But still, without his best weapon in Christian McCaffrey, he helped the team get better. And now he moves into Kyle Shanahan's um, saddle as far as the 49ers in their D.C. And he becomes the fourth um, minority for a, for a coordinator for the 49ers, of course, following Robert Sala, uh, Mike McDaniel being the other one, and then D'Amico Ryan. So I think it's a good hire. It seems to fit all sides, Mark. And from what it sounds like, Steve Wilkes and what Kyle Shanahan was looking for will be able to kind of move in seamlessly and help continue, hopefully, what was the number one defense last year. Yeah, what Kyle Shanahan said was we want a guy who is able to or already runs the same scheme that we run, and, and that is okay with a lot of our current defensive staffers because we feel like we have, uh, you know, a good staff around, you know, the head coach and the coordinators, and we feel like our players are suited for the scheme that we're currently running. So goal number one for the 49ers was – one, make sure they're you know a qualified candidate, but two, make sure that they are able to and they are good at running the scheme that you already run. And while there are some differences in, in terms of how Steve Wilkes calls a football game on the defensive side of things, he does run a, a similar scheme for the 49ers. He has lots of experience in the NFC, as you mentioned, most recently with Carolina this past season. He was uh, originally their defensive passing game coordinator and their secondary coach. And then, of course, as you said, when Matt Rule was fired, he was promoted to the interim head coach. Did a great job. His only other head coaching experience is with the Arizona Cardinals in 2018, which did not go well. He was only there for one year. Uh, he, he bounced around. He went to college for a little bit, was a D.C. with uh, with Missouri, but has experience uh, all over the place. He's been with Carolina more than anywhere else. He was also there from 2012 all the way to 2017. Uh, he was the defensive coordinator there, the assistant head coach for a year at the end of his first stint with the Panthers. Uh, so generally speaking, he has a lot of experience in the NFC. He has been in the NFC West before. Uh, and as far as I can tell, Evan, after Vic Fangio accepted a job with the Miami Dolphins, he was the next best candidate, uh, and the Niners got their guy. So you got to credit them for that. They pounced. Uh, they got a quality guy. Um, I know I, I read earlier this week that Chris Kassarek, the, the the great defensive line coach for the 49ers, was in on the meetings, at least one of the meetings, with Steve Wilkes. Uh, and, you know, he signed off on it as well. They got along well. They, they feel like they can work with each other well so so that's a good sign as well but yeah by all accounts this is a good hire for the 49ers of course time will tell and, and it could be a good decision for steve wilkes because the last two defensive coordinators for the 49ers have gone on to head coaching jobs uh so maybe that's in the future as well for steve wilkes but uh, it does seem like the niners 
got uh, a relative pick of the litter for, from other defensive coordinator positions. Aside from Vic Fangio, this seemed like the most popular name out there. And he's also going to have some challenges. Look, it's going to be a secondary that may or may not have to be remade because three of the starting four right now, if you include Emmanuel Mosley, who had his season cut short by injury, are currently free agents with Jimmy Ward, Deshaun Gibson, and the aforementioned Mosley. So maybe the secondary wasn't the best unit on that defense for the 49ers, but Steve Wilkes is not going to have, I think, the benefit of the entire unit that D'Amico Ryans had last year. So he'll have his... Like he'll have a challenge in front of him, but of course he does get Nick Bosa. He inherits Fred Warner. He inherits a long list of up and comers as well. Telano Hufanga being at the top, Trevor Ward as well. And I'm sure the 49ers will hopefully try and bring in uh, maybe not as big of a name as Trevor Ward like last year, but of course we'll try and bring in pieces around to reform that defense and as well as that, that defensive line as well. Um, but the other piece of, of news, Mark, that we, we have to get to this week, I know we mentioned Jimmy Garoppolo and how he, uh, I don't think he's going to be here next year, but the larger story as reported by Tim Kawakami of the athletic was the fact that Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy Garoppolo had somewhat of a falling out prior to the NFC title game. And that led to some speculation as to maybe why he was not suited up for that game. I don't know what you think about it, Mark. I don't think that, number one, Jimmy Garoppolo could have played in that game. Two, should have played in that game. And three, even if he was anywhere close to, like, like there were the report from Jay Glazer was that he could have um, done more than Brock Purdy, which is as to say he had a right arm that worked. So I, I don't I don't know what, what you make of all this, Mark, but to me, I I, I don't think it I, I don't hold it against Jimmy Garoppolo uh, for not playing in that game, nor do I necessarily think that it's all that strange that he and the team that he is now parting ways with had a quote unquote falling out. Yeah, so what 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 Tim Kawakami reported was the relationship between Garoppolo and then Shanahan and Lanch seems to have gone a bit south in the days or weeks leading up to the NFC championship game. And, and he went on to say, he doesn't really know if there was a specific thing or if this was more of kind of a, a season long thing that developed as the weeks went along and never did Tim Kawakami say he thought potentially Jimmy Garoppolo could have suited up and maybe Kyle Shanahan asked him to in the NFC championship game and Garoppolo declined. That has not been reported by any reputable source. I know there have been some co- uh, you know, thoughts or comments about that, but nothing by any substantiated, you know, legitimate person in the media. That is, as you're saying, kind of the natural line, the natural progression of things. Why would Kyle Shanahan be so upset and so terse when asked about Jimmy Garoppolo at the end of season press conference? Was it because he wanted Jimmy Garoppolo to be ready for the NFC championship game and suit up in the chance that Brock Purdy goes down with an injury? Of course, it happened. Jimmy Garoppolo was not suited up. But again, we don't really know why. What's more likely is simply he just wasn't ready yet and team doctors did not clear him. Uh, and of course we all know the story after that. Josh Johnson also gets hurt and the Niners get blown out in the NFC championship game. However, Evan, I I think this is what you're getting at early. I 100% expect Jimmy Garoppolo to be upset with Kyle Shanahan. Why wouldn't he be? 
Are you kidding me? Everything that he has been put through with this organization, he played fantastic. He helped turn this team around. He got them to a Super Bowl. And yes, I understand his shortcomings. And then this team drafts his replacement. They sell the farm to get his replacement. And guess what? They still start Jimmy Garoppolo in Trey Lance's rookie year. And then what happens? They tell Jimmy Garoppolo, we're going to trade you. We're going to set you up. We're going to put you in a great position this offseason. And what happens? They end up keeping him, and they bring him on to be the backup behind Trey Lance. And then Trey Lance gets hurt, and Jimmy Garoppolo saves the season. And then he gets hurt. And and now Brock Purdy takes the shine away and, and plays fantastic. And now everyone's all up in arms that Jimmy Garoppolo was upset over Kyle Shanahan. Are you kidding me? Any human being would be upset if they were in Jimmy Garoppolo's situation. Any human being would tell Kyle Shanahan, hell no, I'm not risking further injury to save you in a potential situation if Brock Purdy gets hurt in the NFC title game. I have myself to look out for. I'm trying to get a contract somewhere else this offseason. You're telling me you want me with a compromised foot to go into the NFC championship game and potentially get hurt against a ferocious defensive line? Hell no, I'm not doing that. Jimmy Garoppolo is upset at Kyle Shanahan, and he should be. And the fact that Kyle Shanahan is treating Jimmy Garoppolo like some quarterback that he doesn't care about or doesn't need is such a joke because Kyle Shanahan has needed Jimmy Garoppolo every step of the way of his tenure with the 49ers. Jimmy Garoppolo has a right to be upset and has a right to tell Kyle Shanahan, hell no, whenever he wants. He has earned that much. We also don't know what he said, which to me is about about as um, supportive of a Jimmy G cider as anything, which is, like you said, he's got every reason to be pissed off and yet has not once gone public with any of his issues with the 49ers or Kyle Shanahan. Uh, the other part of it, too, Mark, is Kyle Shanahan has never suited three quarterbacks ever. <laughs> like, it just, he doesn't do it. So... To expect Jimmy Garoppolo to be suited up means he would have had to have proven that at whatever level of health his ankle was heading into the title game, which by all accounts was not great because the original timeline for his injury put him at about the NFC Championship, but more realistically, the Super Bowl. If that, he would have had to prove that he could beat out Josh Johnson, who had two stable legs. So, no, I I, I don't really see any of the Jimmy G um issues at this point and yeah like he's heading into a contract year he's not going to do anything to to uh, you know undermine that because he already did it last year like he played through a shoulder injury he played with a broken thumb and what was he rewarded with a sorry jimmy i guess we can't ship you out you okay with coming back as the backup and then he made the best for himself but that doesn't mean that he owes the 49ers anything I don't think the 49ers owe Jimmy Garoppolo anything and vice versa. Like the, the biggest sin that Jimmy Garoppolo ever made was being a non-Super Bowl caliber quarterback, which is about 95% of quarterbacks in this league. He has never once killed any of his teammates. He has never once thrown the organization under the bus. He has been about like, we're talking about Trey Lance and you say all the right things and you're rooting for him. Like, Jimmy Garoppolo has kind of been that guy. So I, I don't know. And and you yourself have not been the biggest Jimmy G fan. No. So, to hear, so to hear you say that I think is, is reassuring. 
No, I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo, I've talked about his shortcomings as a football player all the time, but the fact of the matter is he has been a godsend to this organization. Consider where this team was before Jimmy Garoppolo and consider where they are now. I'm not saying it's all Jimmy Garoppolo. Certainly it's not. This is a fantastic roster, and they've had pretty good leadership now for five, six, seven years. Uh, But Jimmy Garoppolo playing the most important position on the field is a big reason why this franchise has had a lot of success over the last few years, Evan. And uh, both both sides can be frustrated with how everything played out. But Jimmy Garoppolo is 100 percent in the right to be frustrated and to. If Kyle Shanahan asked him perhaps to suit up a little bit before he was fully healthy, he has it completely in his rights to say, deuces, I'm out. No way in hell. I've got my livelihood to protect. I'm probably the second most sought-after quarterback on the open market this coming season. I know there are potentially trades, but if you're talking about players that are available for anyone to get, Derek Carr... And not retired, true, Tom Brady. Not Tom Brady, but it's Derek Carr, who the the Raiders still have under contract, but they are totally willing to let anyone talk to him. I mean, the Saints have already been talking to Derek Carr. It's Derek Carr and Jimmy Garoppolo. You're not doing anything to risk that. And uh, so, yes, I am totally on Jimmy Garoppolo's side in in this conversation. Maybe for the first time ever. I'm proud of you, Mark. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm still just I'm still just flustered from my uh, lost bet. The damn Tennessee Volunteers. Yeah, sorry about getting that. in my head. Well, on that note, we will chuck up the deuces to end this episode. Mark needs to go recover and place probably another chasing bet at this point. Uh, <sighs> I am going to try and apologize however I can. Mark is going to deny me, but that is okay because <laughs> this has been the 415ers, as always, coming to you two times a week now in the offseason on the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network. Look out for the next episode and uh, follow us on social media at 415ers, Twitter, Instagram, all the rest. We appreciate you, Mark. Thank you, my man. Uh, I'll talk to you next time. Yes, yeah, sounds good, Evan. Looking forward to it already.